Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for the word this morning. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the spirit of God who is here to lead us and guide us into all truth. So as we step back, Holy Spirit, we ask you to step up. And we pray that the word of God will go down deep in our hearts. And it will literally change our thinking change our lives change father things around us that we can't control and we thank you in advance for signs miracles and wonders following the word because that's what you promised and we declare and decree this in Jesus name and everybody say amen amen amen. God bless you you may be seated word of truth family church is two weeks away from making history well, well, two Sundays, oh, okay, one week away. One, one week away from making history. And on March 29th, which is next week, we're believing to raise the largest offering that the church has ever raised in its history. Amen. 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 We're setting our faith for at least 700 people to give $1,000 that's so... so And here's what that's going to do. That's going to allow us to start construction on our project. Amen. Amen. And so uh, that includes, of course, our 32,000 square foot facility. And so today, if you're taking notes, I want to increase your faith and teach you on a subject that everybody knows about, but very few people really understand. And so if you're taking notes, it's I give up. Just look at your neighbor and say, I give up. up. Now look at your neighbor and say, I give up. up. If you have your Bibles, uh, I want you to find Psalm 66, verse 12. Psalm 66, 12. And then we're going to look in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19. I'll say those again. That was Psalm 66, 12. And then we're going to look in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19. Uh, giving is a very touchy subject when it comes to most Christians. In fact, the enemy distorts what giving is all about. And he, he puts thoughts in our minds and misnomers in our hearts about giving. And, and negative thoughts like um, money is the root of all evil. How many heard that one? Yeah. See, that, that, that's, that's misconstrued because it says the love of money is the root of all evil. How many heard this one? All the church want is your... Oh, how y'all know that one? What about this one? I'm not giving that preacher my... Come on, help me somebody. What about this one? Tithing is in the Old Testament. 
And here is really what people think in their hearts, but they won't, they won't say it with their mouths, is that giving decreases them and not increases them. So today, uh, I want to challenge you because some of you all need your faith stirred up. Now, in Psalm 66, I'm going to show you something that many of you may not have ever seen before. Psalm 66, and I'm going to read verses uh, 12. I'm reading out of the King James. It says, you have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire. Just look at your neighbor and say, I've been through the fire. We went through the fire. We went through the water. But you have brought us into a wealthy place. In other words, this is saying that regardless of what you have gone through, God's purpose in bringing you through it is to get you to a wealthy place. How many know there's a wealthy place in God? Many people never reach the wealthy place because they don't want to use God's wealth system. Look at your neighbor and say, he's coming down your street. So, uh, turn to Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. We all have a wealthy place. And I'm going to show you this morning how to get to it. Because it would be no good to you if I told you what to do and not how to do it. Amen? So, Matthew chapter 6. And I have two points this morning. And my precious wife, who is... Uh, has been my nurse over the last two weeks. It's wonderful when you have a pretty nurse. <laughs> Ooh, I like where this is here. And you can flirt <laughs> with them and the doctor won't say nothing to you. Amen, Dr. Jesus. Yes. So here's my first point I want you to write down. <laughs> what? You know, that just, that just like had nothing to do with anything. I think where he was leading was... You know, he gave us like, what, 15 minutes before. And I thought to myself, why is he asking me to talk with him about giving? And maybe it's because I've been broke before. (laughs) So so I understand how to kind of change your financial condition is based upon you changing your financial discipline. You know, and for some random strange reason at 3 o'clock in the morning, because I'm trying to... Well, let me not lie. At 3 o'clock in the morning last night, I was looking up on statistics. I actually had emailed Pastor Che and you around 3 or 3.30 this, this morning about the demographics in Arlington and about the poverty rate. And it was very surprising to me. I didn't realize how many people of what great percentage of Arlington were actually dealing with that. And it began to come on my mind that sometimes... We are in a situation not by choice. But we have a choice to change the situation. Amen. And that it never really matters the situation, but it matters the system within the situation. And I can become a product of the system of my environment or my experience or what somebody says. Or I can become a product of the system of seed sowing, which can change my environment. Amen. So write down point number one, and it's, it's, it's a good point. Here it is. When you give up, increase comes down. Now, some of you all may have thought I was talking about just giving up. 
Well, I'm not talking about that. If you want to give up, just come to me after service and I will pray for you because we don't want you to give up. But what I'm talking about giving up is when you give, you are giving up. You're not giving to the church per se. You're not giving to a man. You're giving it to God. So here's my first point. When you give up, increase comes down. Matthew chapter 6, look in verse 19. I believe this point is... uh, You can see it in this verse. It says, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves. Stop right there. Notice who the focal person is in this verse. Who did it say to lay up for who? Yourselves. Treasures in heaven. So that means that I have control on what... What, what I store up on earth or what I store up in heaven. It says in verse 20, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Watch this. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now let me read this out of the living Bible real quick. It says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where they can erode away or may be stolen. Store them in heaven where they will never lose their value and are safe from thieves. If you Watch this now. This is good. If your prophets are in heaven, your heart will be there too. Amen. One of the first things that leaves a person when they disconnect from God is their giving. When you stop giving... It disconnects you. Remember it says where your treasure is, is where your what? Heart will be. So a lot of people's heart towards God starts growing cold and it's because they stop giving to God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Uh, And in essence, this verse is saying don't trust the money system here on earth more than you trust God's money system in heaven. Amen. If you notice, our hearts will follow where we put our treasure. If you put your treasure in your car, that's why you garage it and keep it clean. Amen. That's why you park way somewhere in the parking lot where there are no more cars so nobody won't ding you. Confession is good for the soul. Yes, I I do do that. And whenever I do borrow the car, I have to park like five miles away. And make sure there's no one on the left or the right, in front or behind. Make sure I do a little dance and pray and shine it up. And oh my goodness. So, you know, praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you give up. When you give up, yes. Increase comes down. It does come down. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. And look in verse 4. 1 Corinthians 3, 4. Here's what I want to prove to you. That when you give up. In other words, when you store up treasure in heaven. God brings blessings down here on earth. Now, this is a principle that's found in 1 Corinthians 3. It's talking about somebody sowing the word into somebody else's life, but the principle works anyway. It says in verse 4 of 1 Corinthians 3, For while one says, I'm a Paul, and another, I'm Apollos, I'm Baptist, I'm, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. Verse 5, Who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. He says, I have planted, and Apollos have watered, 
Read it with me. But God gave the what? Who gave the increase? God gives the increase. Verse 7. So then neither is he that plants anything, neither he that waters. Read it with me. But God that gives the increase. So listen. Anytime a seed is given to God, God is going to increase that seed. Listen, you don't really have to have a whole lot of faith. Because as long as a farmer puts the seed in the ground and he makes sure there is some water and some sunlight and some fertilizer, he don't go to bed worrying whether that seed is going to go up. It's going to come up. Why? Because the seed or the system of sowing and reaping is going to make it come up. Everybody say increase come from God. Increase come from God. And anytime you and I obey the word, whether it's through loving others or giving into the kingdom, whether we do that or not, guess what? God is going to bring increase. And that's why you have to treat people good. Because if you, if you sow a negative attitude... That's what you're going to get back. Amen. Uh, I have had plenty of opportunities to have attitudes this past week, but I chose to be nice. You know, I have to watch it now, too, because, you know, uh, I was talking to, you know how you dial an 800 number and it's at another state? I was talking to somebody that was in another state, and uh, their friend happened to go to our church. So what if I had been ugly to them? Oh, my gosh. What had it been the cable people? I'd have been on the news. <laughs> All right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. You don't have to turn there, but I want you to hear it. It says, whatever you do, do it heartedly unto the Lord and not unto men. Now, why is that important? Because our flesh is prone to think that when we give some money to the church, we gave it to a physical institution. And that's why people get turned off easy, especially if something went wrong at that church and they didn't do right with money. So then they use that excuse the rest of their life to not give to God and that's why, listen, the enemy is smart because he knows that anytime we sow increase comes, he knows that. So what he does, he plants these seeds in our minds and say, you know, you know what? No church does right. All pastors are the same. Well, would it be wrong for me to say all members are the same? Amen. So here's the point that we're going to labor on and my wife is going to jump in here. This is the second point, and this is where we're going to spend the rest of the morning. The best time to give is the worst time to give. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. The best time to give is the worst time to give. You say, Pastor, what in the world are you talking about? Listen, sometimes when God is challenging us to give, it's the most worst time in our financial life. And we don't want to use the excuse of, well, things, I, I, I don't have everything together. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have a... No, no, no. The best time to give is the worst time to give. And I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture. There's so many people in the worst time of their life 
God challenged them to give. And I know our giving day is coming up. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help some of you all because some of you all in your mind have already said, well, I'm not going to be able. Well, look, look, heaven. Heaven. <laughs> you see that? This is what the anointing is right here. I'm going to stay right here. Heaven came to me. She said, Daddy, I'm believing for $500. For giving Sunday. Now she told me this last week, right? I said, it's kind of late, ain't it? Yeah. And then she said, well, mommy said if God can create the world in seven days, then he can bring me some money in two weeks. I said, mommy is right on this one. (laughs) So then (laughs) last night she comes, she has a conversation with me. And I said, oh, praise the Lord. And so... She said, I'm just going to believe God that somebody's just going to walk up and give it to me. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, supposing God is waiting on some faith action for you before the person comes in. And she said, what do you mean? I said, for example, when I, when I was a teenager and we had a building fund, I mean, you know, you kind of heard men pass a chest story over and over. So it's not like we had this. We had an, a, a very famous father, but not a lot of funding that came with the fame. So, um... You know, I would paint nails. I was very good at drawing. I would write poetry and I would sell this stuff and all these people who were dating, I'd make cards and sell them. And this is how I raised money as a teenager for my church. And it wasn't a whole lot, but it was, it was what it was. And so I said to her, why don't you ask God for an idea? Because sometimes you just want, I'm not saying he can't send someone to give it to you, but what do you already have in your hands, Moses, that can part the sea? What do you already have in your hand, woman, with the, with the oil that you can already turn around? What ability, what talent, what do you have that you can go extra on for God and maybe he'll meet you halfway or maybe just because you're willing to sacrifice, he'll meet you all the way. Amen. And she said, you know what? I can sell my clothes. I said, you sure can. You can make a lot of money selling those clothes. Because everybody who needed more in their life, God challenged them with what they already had. Right. Amen. So um, we're going to have some kind of, we don't know how it's going to happen, but we've never had a, a, a garage sale with her clothes and made less than maybe seven, $800 because she just takes good care of her clothes. So she's going to, somehow we're going to figure it out and how she's going to do that. And, and we're not doubting how God can do it. What I am saying is sometimes we look at it only one way and there is a lot of different ways that God can do it for you. Some of it requires sacrifice. Sometimes you can turn over or turn away from McDonald's. As you saw, Pastor put us on the um, budget. And you know, after the first pay period, he was like, sweet, we didn't do awesome, but we sure did great. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. You know, because you could see it working. That just a little mm. bit of discipline on my part was really yielding a huge harvest for everybody else. So I think, you know, we've committed to $4,000 and just even in some of our discipline, we're able to do that just through discipline. So Amen. I want to show you something. Go to John chapter 2. Uh, this situation, they got used what they already had to bring increase in their life. You may say, well, what's in my hand? God's got, you have something. The only reason you have bills is because you have some money. Hello. That didn't go over well. Okay. 
go to, go to John chapter 2. Go to John chapter 2. I'm going to show you something about this story you may not have known. This is Jesus' first miracle. And most people think this miracle was about wine. But I'm going to show you another part that it really wasn't just about wine. Jesus' first miracle was a miracle of prosperity. I'm going to show it to you. It says here, it says, and on the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, see, you don't need wine. They wanted wine. Now, some of y'all may need wine, but these people, they wanted some. And they wanted wine. And the mother of Jesus, I keep cutting out. All right, maybe I'll do it on the stage next time. And the mother, I got it, I got it, I got it. All right. Yeah. Thank you, I appreciate that though. I got you, man. Good. And they wanted wine. The mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. Jesus said, woman, what do I have to do with you? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, what's the Nike? Do it. Do it. Watch this. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. And Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. They filled them up to the brim. They drew it out. And then, of course, watch this. It says in verse 9, the ruler of the feast tasted the water that had made wine and knew not where it came from, but the servants which drew it knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said, every man at the beginning set forth the good wine when men have all well drunk. But And then the worst. But you have kept the good wine until when? No. Now, let me, let me help you all because I looked this up. And each water pot, a firkins came up to our, you know, way of doing things as nine gallons. Okay? When I calculated, just trust my calculations. When I calculated this based on today's ounces, it was... Watch this, 3,456 glasses of wine that he made. They were some drinking people, weren't they? 3,456 glasses of wine that came out of those uh, six water pots. Watch this. I looked up to see what was the average price on glass of wine. In other words, you know, you have the low end, you have the high end. And they said wine can go as much as $45 a glass. Now, I calculated this at six ounces, right? Well, check this out. At $45 a glass, that was $155,520 worth of wine. Now, now here's what I would have done. Because he, watch this now. On their first day of marriage, they had a financial crisis. That's right. Here it is. They said, I do. I love you. And then they said, oh, we out of wine. Uh-oh, we broke. <laughs> That's typically how it happens, huh? Come back from that honeymoon. Come home. Oh, my God, we got a pink slip from the electric company. 155000 Here's what I think they did. 
It doesn't say it, but here's what I think. I think after everybody had drunk their wine, I believe they started a wine business. <laughs> I believe they start selling. Would you sell the wine? Man, you can't drink all of that wine now. I would have sold that wine, but here's my point. Jesus used what they had. And even though his first miracle was... I got to stay in the anointing. (laughs) Even though it was water in the wine, it was really a miracle of prosperity. Because he blessed them with... In other words, they didn't have to spend $155,000. You say, well, why would it be that much? Because he said it was good wine. Amen? Now go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17. It seems like every time it's time to give to the Lord, it's bad timing. How many know what I'm talking about? It just seemed like, you know, and, and, and here's what I've discovered. Ask me what I've discovered. Because I'm just talking to you this morning. I'm not trying to preach to you. Uh, I've discovered that God uses people to challenge you to give because most of the time we wouldn't do it. You know, and um, I was thinking of this scripture last night and had no idea where it was going to be placed until pastor, of course, talked to me this morning. And it's in Matthew 15. You don't have to turn to it, but Matthew 15, 21. And this is when Jesus was being crucified and he was leaving Pilate and on his way to the cross. And the Bible says here in verse 21, and they compelled one Simon, a Cyrenian who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. In the Amplified, it says, And they forced a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, who was coming in from the field, the country, to carry his cross. And I realize that sometimes we're passing by situations and don't really know that we have a part to play. Because we would rather pass by it. Mm-hmm. Because it said they compelled him. They forced him. They made him do it. It was not necessarily something that he wanted to do. But had uh, Simon known that he would have been written down in history for thousands and thousands of years. Had he known that day that his obscurity would have turned into notoriety. Had he known that everyone would have known his name in generations. It said from a field. He wasn't a rabbi, so nobody would have paid attention to him. He was out from the country. He was just a farmer. But if he had known that his involvement in the very thing that could save him, would he have resisted? And sometimes we resist the very thing that will save us. We reject the very thing that will change our situation. And I know that sometimes when it comes to giving, what has helped me and pastor give is we make a choice. We make an irrevocable choice that we will obey God in his financial principles. Whether we have a dollar, whether we have $500, whether we have $1,000, it's the principle is still the same. God, whatever you give does not belong to me. It all belongs to you and I'm just a steward. At the end of the day, when they put me in... 
I can only take my best suit with me. I cannot take my house. I cannot take my car. I cannot take anything. So truly, what I have been able to do with my finances, how I've been able to extend the kingdom of God, how I've been able to impact people, how I've been able to change lives is what's going to live beyond what I'm currently doing. So the money I make cannot really be for me. I can enjoy it, but I certainly can't have a legacy just for myself because a legacy lives beyond myself. Amen. So you and I have to make a choice regardless of the situation. We have to put in our roots and into our system that says, you know what, God, whatever you ask me, whatever you ask me, and I've seen it over and over in our lives. Just, you know, we share our testimonies with you to let you know we did not come out the womb this cute. I did. I'm sure he did. I, I didn't. This My has been a pictures. process. This has been My a, baby a system. Look good. Uh, who? My baby pictures, they look good. Okay. Your head was big. <laughs> Those ears were there for sure. They put it out by your ears. <laughs> but we have had situations where, you know, we, we've testified before where Pastor, he was doing really, really well. He was like number third in the country doing sales for Airborne Express. Then we had an accident, a car wreck. The person ran the light, you know, messed up his discs, went kind of that. We went from $80,000, $90,000 a year. I was not working, didn't have the visa to work. And we went from that into unemployment, right? Went into unemployment. And then after unemployment, then we had to go into some disability, we had gotten right. pregnant and then they canceled the disability because they saw him holding heaven and she was only maybe 12 pounds. She wasn't, they can- she wasn't, she wasn't that, even that big. She's not even that heavy now, is she? Right. <laughs> they canceled our disability. We moved from our house. Our credit went bad. We pawned our stuff. Our groceries were on the credit card. When we are telling you that it's our giving, even then we did not stop tithing. Even then we did not stop giving. Yes. Even then we did not stop sowing. And, and when I tell you, what it, in one year, I remember looking at our statement and we had given, was it 35% of our income in a very fasting desert time. We were living with Pastor's brother that year. Now listen. So I'm not telling you that to say to you that, that, that we're heroes. I am telling you to say that God has brought us through. And when we're telling you about giving, it's not for us. It's because we believe it because we've seen it. And we know it that where we are is a direct result of our consistent and constant choice Absolutely. to give. I want you to write this down. Giving is about your will and not how you feel. That's good. That's good. I'm going to say that again. Giving is about your will and not how you feel. If you base it on how you feel, your giving will be inconsistent. And let me tell you what's dangerous about an inconsistent giver. Now you have just propelled your harvest in the future to be inconsistent. In other words, inconsistent sowing equals an inconsistent harvest. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So go, go to 1 Kings chapter 17. 1 Kings 17 and we'll make this point and we'll stop. The best time to give is the worst time to give. Now I know you all know my testimonies, but you know one thing I learned about my pastor. He tells the same stories and every time I hear it, it just builds my faith. So I want you to act like you have never heard this story I'm about to tell you 
again. I, I just, just, in fact, I'm just going to wipe your minds blank. Blank, 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 blank. Okay. We're trying to buy our first house. How many have, have bought a house before? Was the first one tough? I mean, they ask you for everything, four words, everything. And so, you know, we turned in everything and, and uh, we had just enough money to close on the house. We're sitting on the front row. There was an evangelist at this church and she's preaching. And so finally, you know, she decides she wants to take up an offer. I don't have a problem with that because I had already said in my mind what I was going to give. Exactly. At that time, I was a hundred dollar man. That's right. You wasn't going to get 101. You wasn't going to get 102. You was going to get 100. And that's on a good day. So I'm sitting on the front row. And she says, you know, I believe God wants some of you all in here to give $1,000. And I said, that ain't me. I said, I got a house to buy in seven days. So I'm waiting for her to come down because, see, I knew she was going to come down. It's like an auctioneer. Everybody give me a hundred, give me a hundred, give me a thousand, give me a thousand. <laughs> so I knew she was going to come down, so I just waited. So she came down to 500. There's some of you all in here, God wants you to give 500. I said, that ain't me. And that's exactly how his face was to you. No, like I was serious. I was like, no, no. Because see, in my mind, she was asking me for the money, not God. I had no idea who this was because, I mean, we just... I just never even thought of it that way. I mean, I'm, I was always excited. I mean, if we have it, give it. <laughs> you know? Right. I mean, give it all. <laughs> Stand the anointing spot. Look, when you've had nothing, you can give it all because you know you'll have something again. <laughs> no big deal. So... She, you know, the, 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 the stage has steps, you know, where you can come down the steps. Mm-hmm. So she started coming down the steps. She says, you know, some of y'all need to give 500. And, and uh, I, I didn't even want to look at her. <laughs> so I noticed that she started coming toward me. There's a room full of folk just like here, right? <laughs> and she started coming toward me. And, and you know... When you're trying to figure out what's going on, everything turns slow motion. <laughs> she walking toward me and I'm like, and she said, man of God, if you'll give that 500, God will bless you. Inside, I said, the devil is alive. <laughs> God knows. I need to buy a house in seven days. Here's my point. The best time to give is the worst time to give. And so I stood there and gently the Holy Spirit said, Evan, give the $500. So I looked over because I want to be in agreement, you know, and uh, women are always in agreement when it comes to giving. It's the men that have problems. I looked over and she's just doing this, you know. Give it, give it, give whatever it. she said, so give it. So this lady said, write on the envelope everything you want God oh, yeah, to, to, to bless you mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. And, and my wife wanted this expensive refrigerator. Yes. Amen. Is that mine, no? mm-hmm. See, when you're trying to get into your first house, all that don't matter to me. Well, all we needed was an icebox. Oh, no, but it, 
But it mattered how to many, me. How many know what icebox is? We don't need no cubes, no crushed ice. All we need are some ice trays in an ice box. She wrote the refrigerator down there. And so I wanted a vi- because I planned for the meals, all the meals, because I was coming out of the state. I had to imagine steak and lobster being stored, and it needed different compartments. I had a vision. $6,000 worth of refrigerator vision. Well, it was a bad dream to me, but... It was beautiful. So, long story short, we gave the $500. We did. It was a two-day revival. So the next day, we were in church again that night. And I got a beep from the mortgage company. This is before cell phones. (laughs) How many know what a beeper is? Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Y'all old, that's why. So my beeper went off, and I noticed that it was the mortgage company. So I tiptoed out of service to see what they wanted. And they said, Mr. Connor, we're we're so unfortunate to tell you this, but uh, you have a school loan that needs to be paid off in order for you to qualify for your house because your debt ratio is too high. And I'm thinking, you done had my papers all this time and now we seven days, six days away from closing and you're trying to tell me this stuff now? And we just gave the $500? And I just gave $500 to the Lord. I mean, to that lady. <laughs> no, seriously. So I said, you know, I had multiple school loans at that time. I said, well, which one? <laughs> They say the one that's $2,000, $2,000. Now I'm like, I'm $2,500 in the hole now. I done gave $500 to the Lord, and now these people want $2,000. So it looked like it was working in reverse. Watch this. God already knew we were going to come up short. He needed me to sow that $500 to get the harvest so that we can get what we wanted. I didn't know that they were going to come back and ask for an extra 2000 but he knew. So that 500 wasn't going to make no difference anyway. So then I got in faith. I said, well, Lord, hey, you said give and it shall be given. I'm standing on your word. Long story short, fast forward. Here's what happened. Her uncle called around. He was in England, so it was about 2 o'clock in the morning my time. I'm not getting up. I thought it was the wrong number, so I stayed in the bed. And so she's talking on the phone. I'm like, that's, that's a long conversation for the wrong number. <laughs> then she starts she start throwing out our checking account information. I got up. I'm like, wait a minute now. <laughs> Who is this? She done seen something on TV. She's trying to buy something? <laughs> it was her uncle. He said, hey, I've been trying to get in hold of y'all. Your mom left you some money. And I'm wiring you all $20,000. That is a true story. And that was three years after my mom had already passed. So it was, we had already had gotten some of her money. Three years, and yeah. And I didn't even know that this money had existed. Yeah, I and didn't so either. You do know, <laughs> after the tithe and offering. I was kind of wondering. But we gave her tithe, we gave her offering. And then the first thing I did was buy my fridge. She bought a fridge. I got my fridge. I was like, I will not be denied. (laughs) Go to first King. Are you in first Kings? (laughs) I'm going to read this and then we're going to stop. Are y'all understanding what I'm saying? First Kings, look in verse uh, chapter 17, look in verse seven. I'm reading out of the NIV this morning. 
It says, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Verse 10. So he went to Zarephath when he came to the town gate. A widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Verse 11. And, she, and as she was going to get it, he called and he said, And bring me a piece of bread. Surely, in verse 12, As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful. Say a handful. A handful of flour in a jar and a little oil. Say a little oil. See, it's not about how much you give. It's you obeying God and what he tells you to give. He says, I'm gathering. She says, I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make it for my meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home. Do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have, uh, what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Verse 14. For this is what the Lord says of Israel. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. Here's something I want to point out to you. She went away and did as who said? She had to be challenged by the man of God. I believe had the man of God never challenged her to give something, she'd have never gave. And had she never given, I believe her and her son had died. What's my point here? My point is, number one, uh, the best time to give is the worst time to give. That's number one. And number two, sometimes God wants to use a person to challenge you, and that's me. Amen. So, So watch what it says. Verse 16. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Amen. Can you say amen to that? God, and, and write down Genesis 22. You can look in verse 1 through 18 because it talks about Abraham. Here we go again. God challenged Abraham with an offering. He says, I want you to give me your only son. Now, I can understand, you know, I have $5 and, and uh, you know, the Lord asked me for one. You know, I would struggle with the one, but at least I got four left. How many know what I'm talking about? But, but that ain't what happened. He, he asked Abraham for the whole five. That's where we have problems. But I want to say this and we'll close right here. My question to you is, what harvest does God have on your mind from the seed he's put on your heart to sow? I'm going to say that again. See, anytime God asks you to sacrifice, see, there's a difference between straining and sacrificing. I do believe God wants us to sacrifice sometimes. My question is, if God asks you to sacrifice something, my question is, What harvest does he have on his mind for you? Because there is a wealthy place that he's trying to take you to. And you know what? After we got that 20,000, money just started just... From that accident I had, 
that still bothers me to this day. I'd rather have my health, but that from that accident, we ended up getting $120,000 from that settlement. No broken bone, no surgeries. It was a favor of God. You know, and we've always just made a priority of it. And we're just sharing this with you because sometimes people don't really share how they do something. And a lot of times people judge us. You know, they see the cars we drive and things like that. But they don't know. We have favor on stuff that people, somebody can walk right behind us and get charged double what we get charged. Mm -hmm. We see it all the time. Every time I'm like, Pastor, you should be the person buying all the cars because he gets these ridiculous deals. He's like, two for one. And you'll be like, what? I'm paying for it. On some of my cars, I'm paying what people pay on a Honda. I pay on mine. Check this out. Go ahead. I got favor in small ways. How many know that IHOP is not a drive-thru? Man, I called my order in one day. The guy recognized my voice. I never got out of the car. He brought my food to my car. At IHOP. But we believe. I said the favor of God is on me right now. We believe next week, in seven days, we're all going to be challenged. And just like that widow woman, we have to say, God, pastors put the challenge that every person, every individual person gives a thousand dollars. Some people have made a commitment like us and they're going up beyond the thousand. We are going four thousand. Some people are doing twenty thousand. Some people are doing ten thousand. Whatever it is that you are going to sacrifice or that you're going to sow, Begin praying about it from now. And I believe, I want to pray for us, just corporately, that we'll be open to it, that we'll be obedient to it. And the favor will show up. There's savings that you will get. There's turnaround that will happen. There are desires that will come to pass. Not because of any other reason than we're obedient to God. And so, you know, we sing that song that says God is able to do just what he said he would do. He's going to fulfill every promise to you. So don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you. He's what? He's able. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are working on our hearts right now, God, and you're bringing increase from the north, the south, the east, and the west. You're opening up doors of opportunity and favor surrounds us like a shield. Father God, you are leading our hearts and our hands, Father God, in this in this effort, God, as we come to bring to your kingdom. Let us be even as the Israelites in Exodus, God, where you said we have enough to build. You can stop bringing now. Father, use us. Use me. Use every person in this place, God, to build brick and mortar father god so generations to come can hear the word of truth and their family can impact the church we glorify you that lord and you're using us to change the city through our finances lord that every seed has a a number attached to it every number has a name attached to it every piece of money that we give has a message and a, a life attached to it father god not just our lives but the lives of people to come so use us god our arms are ready our hands are open we will give it you bring it we thank you God for laying on our hearts what you would have us to give. We declare it, we receive it in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah.